As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. The Athletic Football Show is presented by State Farm. Because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get a quote today. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. Today is Friday, January 14th. I'm Robert Mays. This is our second of two wild card preview shows. If you have not listened to the first one, we broke down all of the Saturday games, and we also heard from Shiel Kapadia about his wild card picks. So please go check that out if you have not listened. We are going to break down the Sunday games today. We said this on the first show, if you haven't listened to this one yet, we are gonna preview the Rams Cardinals game later on this weekend. Full disclosure, I have COVID. I have not had as much time or energy to prep for these games as I might want to. So we're going to save that one for a little bit later. Appreciate you guys sticking with me as I try to tough this out. Joining me to break down the Sunday games, I am very happy to welcome my good friend, Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Feels like I never left. <laughs> I'm, I'm warmed up. I'm on the sixth inning. You know, you know, I've got, I've got about 70 pitches in. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to distance on this one. Before you started doing this, you probably never knew how all the podcast magic that went into like when you record and when you say you're recording and all of the different bells and whistles and smoke and mirrors that goes into this. I, I, I'm telling you, I have a new, yeah, a much more of an appreciation for what you do because the fact how you lay these roadmaps out, like it makes sense for me, like in my head, but like explaining it to somebody else is like, so we're doing this on Friday, but that we're recording it Thursday. We're doing the Monday show. We record that Sunday. And then we got the Tuesday. Like, yeah, my mind just, every time you do the date though, I'd look now just to, just to make sure I was like, okay. Cause now I'm learning. I'm learning. You've, you've helped me along. Listen, podcasting is an exercise in time travel and we are going to transport ourselves now to this Sunday when we're looking at three games, a full slate of games, and a lot of good stuff here. We're going to start with Eagles-Bucks, first game on Sunday. 
another rematch, but not really. Right. Yeah. So I was talking to someone with the Eagles this week and we were just kind of kicking around some different things. And I said, you know, it doesn't even feel like this game matters. Like when you're trying to get context and an understanding of what this weekend's game might look like going back and watching that week six game, it almost feels like a waste of time in some ways. It really does. I prepping for this. I started watching it. We joked about it with Shield on the other show. It was like after a while, I was like, "Why am I watching this? It's just yeah. a totally different team." And I said on the 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 Friday part A show is that it's it's the three seasons. It's that's what it is now. It's like this was season A for the Eagles and the Bucks. Like I mean, they look just with the receivers the Bucks had at the time, and also you know just injuries and just everything that comes up during the season. Teams reconfigure themselves after the bye week, which is always a big kind of part A part B for the season. It's and, funny though because yeah. the Eagles bye week didn't happen until week fourteen. So they kind of did it midstream and like midstream. stumbled onto it in this weird way. It's, Miles yeah, Sanders had one them. carry in the first half the, of this This is game. when they refused to run the ball. This one was this carry. Iteration. So if you look at it, okay, from weeks one through seven, this okay. Eagles team, this Eagles team that we have come to know over the second half of the year, one of the, the best rushing offenses in football, was eighth in the NFL in neutral situation early down pass rate. Eighth in the it. first seven weeks. Yeah. Starting in week eight, (laughs) they tap into something very, very different. So from week eight through 18, 28th, they went from a 59.3% pass rate on early downs to (laughs) 42.5. Can you, can you guess where the strength of their team is? Like (laughs) maybe it's their offensive line. (laughs) Credit goes to them for finding that strength, right? And understanding that pivot needed to happen. But when you're going back, you know, we've talked about that before. The fact that they underwent this shift. But when you go back in time and watch this game, it's like, holy shit, this is weird. It's weird yeah. this version of this Eagles team once existed. It's not It's not next season where they're like, oh, they learned their lesson. Now they found this. No, like you said, midstream. This is back when I was betting against them every week. I was like, <laughs> that was my, that was the best angle I had for a while was betting against the Eagles. And it, yeah, the, but this, I mean, credit to them. I mean, that's hard to do. Like midseason, just go like, hey, total philosophical change. You hopefully have the plays already in there. So you don't, you can kind of like still use the verbiage and everything. But yeah, that's what, that's really what it is, is that they found a formula that works for them. Is it the best formula possible that you can have in any NFL offense? No, but it's like it works for them because the strength of their teams, their freaking offensive line. And that, I mean, that's just what it is. And tight end and Devontae Smith <laughs> as well. But yeah, but that's it works for them. All right. So let's dig into that side of the ball. When the Eagles have the ball playing against this Bucks defense, what is the first thing that you're looking for? Really? <laughs> the matchups up front, but also is what I want to see. Todd Bowles in this defense, he likes to match like personnel for personnel. If you're in base offense, which is 12, 21 personnel, he's going to match with base defense. His In his version, it's a 3-4. So actually like almost like a classic 3-4 with two edge players, almost a bearish front. Um, and honestly, it's whether they run man or zone. That is what I, I'm so keen, so interested to watch in this matchup because I think what you want to do against Jalen Hurts, um, and they found watching the Washington game was almost like a it was – the, the two games I almost I watched a lot of were the Washington game for Philly, and then uh, on the flip side, the Bucks versus Pan- Bucks defense versus Panthers offense, because it's just what the Panthers offense likes to do: spread yeah. out a lot of bubbles, all that kind of stuff. Or quarterback run game, because you know Cam was still game. in there when they those two teams played. Yep, that was kind of like okay, that's kind of what I was looking at to see how they would play them. It's scary. I don't think you want to play man coverage against Jalen Hurts. Um, one, because he can scramble, but two, it makes the reads easier for him. 
he he has trouble progressing over the middle of the field. If you're in man coverage, you can assume where everybody is. They're man to man. Okay, I'll just throw it away from the leverage of the defender. If you play zone, it can make it tighter, make the areas he has to find the right spot. And that's really what I'm curious to see with this team, especially if Shaq Barrett's healthy and they can just rush with four and just push the pocket on this on Jalen Hurts and make him progress, make him be a real quarterback from the pocket. Um, that's really what the advantage I think the Bucks defense is going to try and find and keeping it to third and long, which is easier said than done. This Bucks defense front, or I should say the Bucks run defense isn't what we think of it at the last two years where it was like otherworldly. It's more like fine right now. But really, it's if they can take advantage of that, they can be in these base defenses and not like really just contain the play action game, make it third and nine, third and 10, third and eight, third and seven, where Hurts has to hang in the pocket and actually progress on a pass, drop back pass concept. That's how the Bucks defense can really find an advantage here. Because I think if you're a man, Devontae Smith, Dallas, Dallas Goddard, they can win against man coverage and Jalen Hurts can find them. Like they have enough weapons that can beat man coverage. If you look at what they did last time these two teams played, especially in the first half, it was ugly. You know, the Eagles had a couple, one deep pass interference, and then they had a couple just chaotic plays from Jalen Hurts to keep some stuff alive. But when you watch their on-schedule passing game in that first half, it did not look good. It's a lot of three, right? Bucks played a lot of three. It's like, we're going to make you make these throws outside the numbers. Like We do not trust your ability to do that. But then you look at just the overall matchup between the run game of the Eagles against the run defense of the Bucks. okay? When the Bucks had six or seven man box this year, they're 21st in success rate defensively against the run. 21st. And if this Eagles team, we've talked about this, they can they spread it out and run the ball. Yep. So if you're going to spread to run against this team, you can do that. You can hurt them just by that structure alone based on what we've seen this year. And then I think you have to consider where you're trying to run the ball. Can they get the ball on the perimeter? Yes. Are we going to see... <laughs> all of those pullers and just moving parts with this Eagles run game because Levante David is going to play in this game, hopefully, but he's been hurt. Mm -hmm. And you see how underwhelming that linebacker group is when he's not playing. So if he's less than 100%, and it sounds like even though JPP and Shaq Bear are going to play, they're going to be less than 100%. Mm -hmm. So if you can attack the edges against this team, and avoid Vitavea in the run game. Is this run defense really that scary? And I think ultimately that's what this game comes down to. Yeah. And Shaq Barrett's a 20 sack guy. He's not a 20 TFL guy. Yeah. If he's not a run defender. Like he's fine. Like he's not like a pushover or anything, but it's like he doesn't he knows he knows where his bread's buttered. He he knows, you know, just like a lot of good pass rushers. So, but this Eagles team with their new identity and understanding or understanding what their strengths are. I I, th- I completely agree with what you're saying. It's finding the outside stuff that works for him. The zone read stuff might not be there as much because I do think the speed of the Bucks defense can kind of compensate for that. But really, it's going to come down to, is it a pin pull? Is it outside zone? And really, it's the spread to run angles. Like, it's incredible because they the Eagles are fine going 12 personnel. They were going 13 personnel a couple of weeks ago until Tyree Jackson got hurt. Um, but they were going 12 personnel. They would go into spread formations with that. We've seen this Bucks defense. Why well, I wanted to bring up the match personnel for personnel. If you're getting caught in the 3-4 and then they have to walk JPP out because he's the edge player and that's just how the coverage is. You have to walk Shaq Barrett out. That's not the strength of this team. It's, you can get after him formationally. It's just that the Eagles have to find it. Yeah. <laughs> or or the Bucks just have to go, hey, we're just going to play zone and make you beat us. I, I You brought up so many good points there. Even the outside throws too because that's 
Jalen Hurts doesn't read in between the numbers. That's, that's not he finds the throw. It's a lot of two man play action concepts with a check down if they're on if they're on rundowns or it's go balls. And that's just because what he could see out there. So I'm just very curious. Do they run cover two on base downs and just go like, hey, we'll let you run the ball and see if you, you're patient enough to find it. That's what's going to be really curious to watch. There's a lot of different angle or different paths this game could go on between these two sides. I feel like one more thing to mention when the Eagles have the ball, the tackles being back is huge, obviously, right? So Lane Johnson doesn't play the first two times. The first time these two teams play, you move him a lot to the right side, and then you have Andre Dillard playing. It was not good. You know, no. I mean, he's, there's a reason they don't want him playing. You know, there's a reason that you have two of the best tackles in the league, and that's helped yep. drive what this Eagles offense has looked like. And, you know, it, it's again, it seems simplistic, and you're kind of boiling it down to what the essence of the game has to be for the Eagles to win. But their offensive line is really good. Yes. They are the rare offensive line that can create a mismatch against this Bucks front, even with all those guys back. And yep. if you're trying to tap into how this can happen, that's where it starts. Like you yep. need to dominate that area of the game and they have the players to potentially do that. Yep. Completely agree. Especially with Lane Johnson coming back is just so huge. Cause it's not like he's like, Oh, he's their starter. It's like, no, he's a star at the right tackle position. Yes. So now and you're going against a 20 sack guy, like, cause that's who Shaq Barrett would be going against. That is huge. As opposed to some, you know, guy playing out of position or the other side has a weakness now. Yeah, no, that's 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 so, so huge is that health. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Is there anything just in terms of past concepts, different sorts of play action approaches? Like, where do you think the Eagles can find their three to four splash plays in the passing game and how? It's it's Goddard, Goddard working over the middle of the field. Uh, whether... If they want to run zone, if I, I think what Bulls will do is run zone. And if they want to do that, then he's going to have to operate in those intermediate areas with Goddard. And and whether it's a corner, it's a sail ball. I know I'm going to sound redundant, but that's what's funny about the NFL. It is a copycat league. Uh, but it's also just finding that. And then Devontae Smith. Well, if Smith, you're running three the same way they were in the first game, and you're correct. running those guys off, and you can have Goddard behind it. like Those are the types exactly. of throws that theoretically could be there and that he can yep. make. Like He can and place he can that make. ball outside He's a plus player. He's a plus player, and yes, and Jalen Hurts can throw those balls out there. Yeah, and honestly, if like the passing concepts that they run on rundowns, I, I, always, I just keep saying it's play action because that's what they want to run. They're not going to just go straight drop back with like Dak Prescott run quick game. It's going to be RPOs and play action. They know what they know what Jalen Hurts is. He has his strengths. He has his weaknesses. Is that's not bad against a Bulls defense because it's he's not like a new age defense. He runs kind of his shit. And then, you know, they have some weaknesses to it, but it's aggressive on certain downs. You know, he just has his identity and he sticks with it. But you can find spaces. Devontae Smith had a ton of curl routes uh, in the last couple of weeks that Jalen Hurts can hit. 
those deep, deep curls that you get on play action because you're pushing them. If you're threatening the go ball and then you run a 16 to 18 yard curl, those are chunks. It's just it's that you got to find them. Because I the spread to run makes sense, but the pack it into throw makes sense. You know, some yes. of the best stuff they've done are like one man concepts with Devontae running those deep funny? curls. And yeah. if you're going to have them in base and they're going to play th- cover three out of that base, just think about yeah. how much space you could have yeah. underneath those coverages. And that, like that's my, in my mind, it's like, all right. On, on a first down early in the game, like let's get an 18 yard chunk on a comeback to Devontae with a one or two man route concept. Like, yep, pack it into throw, spread it out to run. It seems like sort of an easy that's, way to boil it down, but that's what yeah. it feels like in this game for them. I completely agree. And honestly, Devontae Smith is so good. I just want to reiterate that. I'm very excited. <laughs> I, 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 every time I watch, I just my eyes get drawn to him. But but when you hit those deep curls, what it does is it opens up so much more because now those corners are getting tired of getting the 18 yards guy catching it right in front of them. They have to tackle and they're like, oh, what the hell? Like, you know, what the hell? I got, I got to stay tight on them. Then you can hit the explosives over the top. So that's what that just sets up. It's a different version of run to pass. It's just short pass to deep pass. <laughs> All right. How about when the Bucks have the ball? First thing you're thinking about. First thing you're watching. Tom Brady's going to dice him up. Uh, really, I, I, I with with Godwin out, and it's really Mike Evans banged up. He's still, I think he's still playing and everything. It's going to come down to Gronk and the running backs catching the ball, and because Tom Brady is willing more than anyone to check that ball down. This Eagles defense, it's. I, I hate to be mean, but it's just, it doesn't really scare you. Like you watch them. There's a lot of holes to be had. They don't run the most crazy coverages. They're blitzes. They have a couple of nice things, but it's not, they kind of run a little bit of everything, but it's not anything that's like, Oh man, what are they doing there? Man, I don't know how that would beat that. You're going against Tom Brady. Uh, like he's going to not really have a lot of issues finding the spots in this. I think it's just that with how they want to operate, how Tom Brady wants to operate, they can go after these linebackers with the Eagles and that's why I think the running back getting checkdowns, if they want to push for depth, if they want if they're threatened by the over routes, deep digs and everything, Ronald Jones catching the ball underneath. Um or Gronk. Fournette's back. So so if that's Fournette's back? Yeah. So Fournette's oh, yeah, well, he came off IR. So they Fournette hopefully okay. will play in this game for them, which would be important. Because I okay, think I wasn't him, sure. <laughs> so for Fournette being there for them in, in that role, I think is important because I do think that him catching those balls against these linebackers is going to be big. The huge. It's funny because you look at it, and we talk about the shift that their offense underwent. Their defense, not nearly as drastic, but you know, for the first eight weeks of the season, they're playing man coverage on 10% of snaps, Yeah, which was the lowest so, rate in the league, right? So a lot of, cover too. lot of static zone from yeah. this team overall. Mid-season, you see it start to shift a little bit. You know, the Chargers game, they played a ton of man coverage, which you know maybe was a little bit surprising. And then... After the bye, especially after their week 14 bye, 30% man coverage. So they've been willing to crank it up a little bit. Question that has to come up when you mention that is that because of the quarterbacks they're playing? I was just play Washington twice, they play the Giants. And if you look at their overall success at times on defense this year, it's because they've been playing against teams with truly bad quarterback play. Yeah. So now are the they. Are they willing to play as much man coverage or willing to even dip into that a little bit playing against Tom Brady? I would argue that it's not a bad idea. If you can put Darius Slay on Mike Evans, you say, this is what you're doing. Do you Are you afraid of the other receiving options enough to scare you off of playing man against them? I don't think you should be, right? I think if you sit back there in static zones against Tom Brady, he's going to dice you up. I think you have to be you have to be able to force the issue and be willing to force it 
a little bit more. So do we see that? And do we see them say, you know what, we're going to dare Tyler Johnson to beat us or dare Cameron Brait to beat us? That's not the worst plan. I think they have to be I think they have to force the issue if they're going to win this game. I agree. I, I don't think you could pressure him. I think Brady and the offensive line are just too good against protection and protection wise. It's just ridiculous. And that's also you're leaving your guys on islands. Um, I completely agree. And that's why I think. Oh, man, just I, I'm just trying to figure. So if they go, man, you know, and then it's like, OK, Gronk, even if he's 70 percent of his former self, it's just like those 30 snaps he plays. It's that's such a matchup matchup advantage for them, you know, and that's what. But that's the thing. It's not Gronk playing 60 snaps or 55 snaps or 50 snaps. It's 25 ish, 30 ish snaps. And it's like, OK, do they take advantage, enough advantage of that? And I get what you're saying, because you can't play soft zone against this. I We've seen that story so many times against Tom Brady. Everyone's like. Oh, we'll just make him dink and dunk against us. He's willing to do it, and he's yeah. gonna do it. Like he's how many times do you see him just checking it down to the back on third and three, and it's like, well, five yard gain, another first down. This also this Bucks offense, even if it's not the most efficient thing they do, they're willing to run the ball, and especially against this thing. team. I would try to run the ball. I, I think I, that's that, exactly that's exactly it. I think lining up and running the ball and, and just saying, you know, we don't trust your ability to stop the run. We think that yeah. we can run it consistently. We think we can beat you underneath and running the ball. That's what I would try to do. I wouldn't necessarily like say we're going to throw it 60 times in this game and, and spread out and win that way. I would rely on their ability to push those guys around because I think that they can't. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, it's going to come down to a lot of like if you say they do play man or anything like that. How much is those 50-50 balls of Mike Evans? Like, how much is that? It's so much easier to attack to Mike Evans when you have all this stuff on the intermediate that no one can help out. It's the safeties have to worry about what's going on in between the numbers. That's why it's so cool watching the Bucks offense when they're fully healthy. It's just so cool watching them operate because it's like, it's pick your poison. So now you're taking a couple of those poisons away. Now it's like, now they're now it's a bet. It's you're saying... Do we load the box, run man, make him throw to Mike Evans 20 times and make Mike, Mike Evans beat us? Or do we play zone and let Tom Brady's nickel and dime us and, we, and then let, let them run the ball against us over and over and over? That's I, I'm just I, it's a long story to say is I don't know <laughs> uh, because I really do think this is going to be I just think that Tom Brady is going to find the ways to beat him. It's just I think what the Eagles have to do is confuse him enough for a quarter and a half to two quarters to keep this game script tight. So they can keep running the ball. I think more than anything it has to be a team game as far as game plans for the offense and the defense for the Eagles. The one thing I well, going back and watching that first game, even if some aspects of it aren't applicable, the amount of times the Bucks could go to their screen game when they needed to get back play, when they get into the yeah. high red zone, when it's third and eight. That now feels like less of an avenue without Godwin and Antonio Brown, right? Like there's so yeah. many different ways. Like, let's pitch it out to him, let's make something happen. Tyler Johnson has kind of slid into that Godwin role, right? Like he's that big yeah. slot. They're comfortable motioning him into insert on run plays. I think when they play 12 personnel, it's going to be him, especially with those other guys banged up, right? Like Perriman's hurt, Cyril Grayson's hurt. So yeah. it feels like I think they'll – I wouldn't be surprised they played more 12 personnel in this game with just Johnson and Evans on the field. And they're comfortable letting Johnson fill some of those Godwin-type roles and responsibilities – but those yak opportunities and those let's just pitch it out to him and make something happen, those start to shrink without yeah. Godwin and Antonio Brown on the field. And I just they were able to go to those against these linebackers to get guys in space when they played the first time. I don't know if they can do that again. So again, right. it's just but it's five yards instead of eight, you know, five yards instead of twelve. Like those add up. Being able to do that on third and eight is huge. 
Like it yeah. is so nice to be able to have that as a breaking case for emergency play. And against the Eagles, I don't know if it matters, but against better teams, when you start to have those things shrink and shrink and shrink, then I think it's going to become important. All right. Yeah. Who is your X factor in this game, my friend? Vita Vea. I, I think if this team, he's probably going to be lined up against Jason Kelsey, who's who's phenomenal center, has played some of the best ball of his career this year. He's been really fun to watch. Um, I think he was, was your guys are all pro pick? Are you in second team as well? My second, second team all team. pro, yep. Well-deserved. Uh, it's just that with the one-on-ones that are going to happen in the run game, if I do think this Eagles team is going to play a ton of 12 personnel, they'll get an 11, but a ton of 12 personnel and the Bucks match with base and they run these bare fronts with the two guys standing up on the end, the typical 3-4 front, Vita Vey is going to have one-on-ones against Jason Kelsey and he needs to push him. He needs to use, understand that he is, he's got 50 pounds on him, 60, 70 pounds on him and just, it doesn't have to make every play, but he has to affect the game like he can. He has to play like playoff Vita last week, last year. Like he has to play that way every snap because if he if he lets Kelsey get leverage because Kelsey knows what he is, he knows he's two ninety on a good day. Like he understands what he is. He wins with quickness. Um, but Vita Vey has got to understand like he has to play these forty snaps ish that he plays and affect all these rundowns. He doesn't have to get the sacks. He doesn't have to get anything. He just has to make it easier. An old school nose clogging it up and letting the linebackers run free and make the tackles and stay free, whether it's zone read, whether it's split zone, however they have to do it. But I think he is such a key cog for this game. So the Eagles just have to, a lot of third and eights, all those third and longs because he makes the run down so hard for them. I'm, I'm blocking down and blocking back on him as often as possible. It's what you need to do. <laughs> I just, I, I'm getting my 290-pound center out on the perimeter six times in this game. Like no to. no joke like that I just they can't run zone I just don't think they can run any zone stuff if if, if it's gonna be all those one on ones that's, that's what I'm trying to do them in this game yep. I'm making them I'm making Levante David on that ankle run side to side and I am staying yes. as far as hell away as I can from that 350 pound guy in the middle yeah and another thing to watch think speaking of that Eagles run game Miles Sanders hand injury you know he's supposed to play in this game but just something to take into account I have asked all of our it's fun when you're doing this and you can just ask a writer that covers every team who's hurt like it's nice working for a place that has that as an option so Bo Bo kind of laid it all out for me in terms of who's hurt who's not for the Eagles so it's definitely something to take to look at there uh mine is Javon Hargrave you know if I think that if they're going to win this game they need there are there aren't that many interior rushers in the league who can wreck a game he's one of them against this offensive line obviously harder to do right i mean that is a strength of this team but i still feel like he's gonna need to three four five plays where can we get a sack can we get a tip can we get a pressure that leads to an interception those kind of splash plays from him i think are going to be necessary josh sweat may not play in this game and if you start to think about it, how many places elsewhere along that front do the Eagles really have an advantage? Do they have somebody that can make those sorts of plays? I think Hargrave is really their chance in that area, and they're going to need that to happen to win this game. you got to love a playoff game when our two X factors are a D-tackle a D and a nose tackle. <laughs> it's, and it's great, but in two different the styles, brand is strong. too. It is. It's two different styles too. That's what's so fun. It's like they, yeah, they technically play the same position, but it's like no, one's a gap shooter wrecker, and the other one's a plugger, freaking push the pocket type. But yeah, it's the best. That's what I love about it. But that's that style that Hargrave plays with. By the way, that's why I think that the Bucks can win, can run the ball in this game 
because with him and what he's doing there, you can run the ball against this team. Like yeah. that's just how they're built up front, and their linebackers are not good. You know, TJ Edwards has been a nice find for them. That's another little tweak. You know, the fact that he's playing a lot more snaps now than he was earlier in the season, and they've kind of figured out what those positions look like. They're better there than they were, but it's still not a strength of this team. Go Badgers. I was going to say, I was waiting yeah. how long and see how it was going to take you. All right. I was glad you get it in. <laughs> the Eagles will win this game if what? Kind of hinted at it. Keep the game script tight. They're able to move the ball in first and second down. Just like you said, they find those perimeter runs. They continuously punish the Bucks when they're in man coverage. They, you know, they just don't hold up for that time. And they find those perimeter runs and they're able to gash them with a couple QB runs. You know, Hertz finds either where they're scrambling on a, on a third down, whether it's a zone read, whether it's any other designer stuff that they want to do with him. And the defense does get that tip ball that you said, and they get a pick, you know, a tip ball that goes their way. Um, and they just really, it's the game script. I mean, it, it, but I think if they're down double digits, it's going to be so hard for this team to claw back just because of how they're built. But yeah, they just find those couple plays and they have really good run game on the first and second down and a couple chunks to Devontae Smith or Goddard. I got, here's what I have written down. They control the game on the ground. Hertz makes two to three big throws and the Bucks' lack of receiving options show up. Yeah. That's it. And then, and That's the Hargrave, obviously. I think that the, if you need, yep. you need to have a turnover, you need to have a sack, you need to have some negative plays for the Bucks' offense that you create with pressure. Like, that's just yep. how it feels. Just need one drive where it's they don't get past the 50 and you cause a turnover. So yep. you flip the field, boom, just like that. They need one of those. And it could be a whole new game. It would be, yeah. And when you're I a mean, nine point obvious. favorite, those are the types of things that yep. need to happen, right? Like when you're a nine exactly. point underdog, it's not, we're not reinventing the wheel here. All right. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 49ers at Cowboys Sunday yeah. afternoon. Just just saying that makes me like warm and fuzzy inside as a football fan. Like every single aspect of this game, the jerseys on the field yeah. at the same time, the history, the star power that both of these teams bring. You know, just think about it. Think about like the guys worth tuning into that are on the field in this game. Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, great George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa. Like it this is the essence of what makes playoff football fucking great. Like I cannot wait to watch this game. And it's not like we're uh, my we're body out is barely it. functioning right now. And then and, and that's how pumped I am to watch this. I can hear your sinuses clear as you're talking there. Yeah, but it's but it's not just us nerding out like, oh, we just nailed two D tackles as our X factors. It's every position. It's Cowboys receiver. Trent Williams. I didn't even say Trent Williams. Trent. For Tyron Smith, Trayvon Zach Diggs. Martin, Hall yeah, of Famers. Honors. Yes. And on every unit has somebody. Cow or the 49ers D-line, Cowboys D-line. It's every single unit. Tony Pollard, Zeke. Like it's just Fred Warner. Like, you know, it's I mean, honestly, it's Marvel versus Capcom. Like, this is this is the best of the best. That is what this is. It's the best. Um, I, I can't wait for this game. Uh, uh, we we did the picks on the other show, and it's just like I didn't want to pick this game because I just want to watch it. It's, there's so much to nerd out about whether 
Yeah, it's the 49ers run game, the Cowboys offense when they're when they're cooking and not doing the bad shit. The the Cowboys defense with their players, the 49ers front four and just how they get after teams. It's like so much fun All stuff. All right, you're getting ahead of yourself. Let's dig into it. I know. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> when the Niners have the ball playing against a Cowboys defense that is number one in DVOA. Number one. The Cowboys like defense finished the regular season as the best defense in football. What is the first thing you're watching? Whew. Uh, <laughs> first thing I'm watching, well, is just their passing pass rush on passing downs. That's the first thing, obviously, the 49ers are going to take or are going to be in tune on. But I want to watch this 49ers run game against the Cowboys defense that's super aggressive because just how their players play. They play with their hair on fire. And whether they find the gash, whether they find them making a mistake, one guy, two guys going into the same gap because Micah Parsons understands what he is, that he's he's a game wrecker, but he sometimes doesn't know what he's doing, but he can wreck games. But it's like, that's what the 49ers do better than anyone. Kyle Shanahan does better than anyone is goes. This guy makes a mistake half the time. Let's keep poking at it until it pops. And I just want to see what that is against this Cowboys team that's super aggressive. But they'll they can be gashed if you just are consistently going at it and they have a good game script against them. That's it. I mean, that, <laughs> that, it, it that's it, right? Like when you're watching this, I think that you have to use the splash plays against them, right? Yep. You have to make their defense is built on those splash plays. You have to create your own because they're hunting them. That yep. that's how this is to me. If I'm the Niners, I'm doing everything I can to limit my exposure to negative plays because they thrive on those. Like they need those to survive on defense. Yep. They're good, but you seep their you kind of suck out their power when you eliminate those negative plays. And I think you yep. do that by being able to run the ball. A stat I found fascinating. The Cowboys were 75% nickel against other teams that run 21 personnel in a similar sort of vein as the Niners do. They're a nickel team. They are yep. going to line up with five DBs on the Speed. field. You have to hurt them for doing that. Yep. So if you can be heavy and run the ball, and I'm misdirectioning the shit out of that. That's, yes. I am, motions, d different sorts of actions. Like I want yes. them with their heads spinning because that is where you can hurt them. When they're trying to get really, really aggressive, can you gash them on the ground? And what are, in my opinion, the two, three, four shots that you create in this game? Where is the sluggo to Ayuk because Diggs is trying to take away all of those slants that he's going to run? Where is the burner post double move to Kittle? Where is the – think about how many times recently we've seen Kittle run off in order for them to attack underneath. Can they hit an alert as he's running off? Like yeah. where are those two, three, four, we're going to try to take a chunk pass plays combined with 45 runs for 168 yards? Or catch them because the Cowboys yards. loved. Yeah, Cowboys love to bring those five guys because they're trying to create the five one on ones. Does Jimmy hang in there? Hit one in breaker and can they tackle? He's been good against five man rushes. Ninth he in EPA, is. ninth in EPA per play against five man rushes. I looked it up today because he can hit in breakers. Yep. that's it's all as if Jimmy can hit in breakers, which is digs, glances, slants. He, it's, it's a long day for the defense because that is what the best is what he's at. And that's also the one thing you can take advantage of with all the robber coverages. But it's that is really what's going to come down to is like, can the Cowboys limit those guys catching that and create the yards after the catch? Ask the Rams how that just went for them because it's, it's exhausting. It's like, oh my God, like we love Debo. 
Ayuk is incredible yards after the catch. Like he has the balance that he plays. It's so with. stupid that he's like an afterthought player. Afterthought. He's so sillily talented. He's the third guy we mention usually. It's like, crazy. <laughs> yeah, because Kittle's ridiculous too with the yards after the catch. I also think, dude, Fortnite has hit some screens. Like, do they do the whole jet motion? Test run the discipline. About? Test yes. the discipline every single time. Just, just try to poke it. Just see like, just try to crack it. Like try to test them at every single point. Try to poke yep. and prod until you can make sure that they're going to be in the wrong spot when you have all of these moving parts. Screens, misdirections, yards yep. after catch, guys in weird places just test their rules all day because they want the splash plays. Can you get them as a result of them hunting for it? It's it's the Velociraptor with the cage. That's yeah. what it is. Just keep doing it. Keep testing each spot. And honestly... Hopefully Daniel Brunskill can hold up against Michael Parsons. Well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> if, the yeah, that's what you worry about. Let's yeah. say you get down by 10. Let's say you have you to you're sitting back. in a lot of third and eights. Yeah. That's when you're in trouble. Because if yeah. you're in defined passing situations against this team, the right side of your line having to play against them, all the stunts, all the games, just yep. how much heat is coming at you, that's a concern. Like that is yep. where this game could potentially get away from them. Exactly. And Jimmy's not a guy that you blitz and he breaks contain. It's like, oh, shit, that's a 20 yard gain against us. That that's not how he operates. It's not how he wins. So that's the thing is that, yeah, it's all going to come down to first and second down. I mean, I know we just kind of talked about this with the Eagles and Bucks as well, but that's what it is. It's going to it's can the run game get going? Can they find what works for them? It's so cool. And we gush about Shane and both of us, but it's so cool watching throughout a, a game script happen. So this Rams game was perfect. They're down 17, nothing. See them figure out what works for them in that game. Okay, we're going to try this run. We're going to try this run. Try this. Oh, they struggled to cover the toss split zone we just ran. Okay, two plays later. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. And then they just start spamming that button. It's whether they can find the spam button. Whether it's like, is it A button, B button, Y button, or X button? I'm an Xbox guy, so I'm going to say those buttons. <laughs> which one is it? So which button are we going to hit? Oh, it's 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 Y. Why, 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 why? That's what he just has to find it. And it's whether the Cowboys on the other side, we're about to talk about it, can keep the game stripped away. And the minute you think they're going to hit the Y button, they, they, you think ah! it's the counter. It's the counter. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is. Punch. It's, it's yeah. where does, when you start to lull and lull and lull and lull, yep. then the counter comes. And that, that to mm. me is going to be the thing. Who creates more splash plays on that side of the ball? That's always yep. true, but in this game, it feels especially true. If Jimmy D, if, if if the Niners don't turn the ball over, if they come away from this game with zero turnovers, I feel pretty good about their chances of winning the game. I do. All right. I do too. Let's get to the other side of the ball. Cowboys offense against the Niners defense. What are you looking for? I kind of hinted at this when I was talking about the 49ers-Rams game on Sunday night is the 49ers front is they will move their guys around. They'll find their fish. They'll find the weakness on your offensive line is can this pass protection for the Cowboys hold up when they want to get when they want to pass the ball. We I think the idea of this Cowboys O-line is still in our heads from a couple of years ago. They're like a lesser version of what we know them as. They're good. They're fine. I would say they're fine. They're above average to good, but they're not great. They're not excellent. They're not world beaters. It's They have weaknesses. You can find them, on the, especially on the interior line, not Zach Martin, but the other two, the center and the left guard, whichever Connor is starting there. Lael Collins and Tyron Smith have been banged up. They're kind of uh, Lael Collins has played a little better. Do the Cowboys chip help? Do they help them out? Do they get ball, rid of the ball quick? The what I've loved about the Cowboys offense, it's also I'm talking about both sides of my mouth. One thing I don't like about them is they can run anything under the sun. 
They can run any passing pro or run concept and they can run it well. It's just sometimes I feel like they just get away from what's working in that game because they, they have, they're like, wow, play one, two, three really work, but we got 20 other cool plays we can't wait to run that we spent. It's like, no, just keep running the same place. So I'm really curious, do the, what weakness do the Cowboys find? Is it the corners? Because that's a weakness of the 49ers. Has to be. Has, has, has to, to be. be. And, and that's gonna, our X Factor. We'll get to that too, my X Factor anyways. They have to win on the outside, this Cowboys team. They have to win with those stop routes, win with those go routes, win with stop and goes. That is what the weaknesses of this 49ers uh, defense is. The Cowboys have strengths that can take advantage of that. Watching this Niners defense right now, they're scary. They are They are Fast. scary. And it, yeah. it is, it's the the synergy between the back end and the front end, right? When you watch the front right now, not surprising, but they play with their hair on fire. Like yep. those guys That's combined, and it's not, I mean, obviously Bose is a superstar, right? <laughs> yeah. Like other, like out of this world, like one of the best players in the league, superstar. But they have so many other guys that are playing well. There was a play that it was happened in the red zone on third down against the Rams last week, and it's the play that I can't get out of my mind. They had an overload front. Right, so you have Armstead as the end on the left side, on the defense's left, and then you have Bosa as the three technique. You have Arden Key as the nose, and you have Ekubam as the right defensive end. Okay, so there's no one over the right guard. You waste the right guard. Yep. The Cowboys have a Hall of Fame right guard, so that front especially, and the Niners got home on that play. You have Armstead crushing the pocket from the outside. And you have all of that heat on the right side with those three guys. Do we yep. see those looks? Can you waste Zach Martin and use all of the talent, all of the athleticism and explosion you have up front? That's where they have an advantage to me. But yes. if now, if they, if you have those guys, Key, Ekubam, Bosa, Armstead, D.J. Jones making plays, yeah, and you have that start to dictate the Cowboys thinking where they're quick game, quick game, quick game, you won already. Yep, because they're playing with so much speed on the back end, they're gonna swallow that stuff up. Now that Greenlaw is back too, he oh was an ass kicker last week. He was such an edge. The tone that he brought to them yep. last week, and then when you have Tart and Ward now healthy, if you're yep. trying to throw the ball underneath, they're gonna swallow you. If yep. you're afraid of the pass rush and you're getting rid of the ball quickly, and you're not gonna burn them down the field, if you're not gonna make them pay for having Ambry Thomas out there then they already have the upper hand on you. And that's my concern is this Cowboys team that has been willing and kind of is okay like picking, pick, trying to pick you apart underneath, that version of this Cowboys offense, the Niners should not be scared of that. They no. should be scared of are they going to beat us over the top. And if the Cowboys are not willing to try to tap into that version of themselves, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. But I, this, they are not running the ball well, and this Niners team is crushing teams up front. Like they're – what they're doing with DJ Jones and those guys against the run, it's a mismatch for this Cowboys team. That's so weird to say when you think about what they've looked like at times running the ball. Second half of the season, they've been bad. And now mm -hmm. they're playing against a really good run defense. So where is your advantage? Your advantage is trying to hit them over the top. And if you're not willing to take those shots, I think they're going to be in trouble. And that's always been, not always, but it's been an issue sometimes when I watch this Cowboys offense is that, man, I just want to see some five and seven step dropbacks. Exactly. They, exactly. You want to see the intermediate, you want to see some sail routes from them, the deeper stuff. The thing that I think they can take advantage of is one of the best things the Cowboys do is the naked bootleg game because they, they tie in all their stuff together. Taking and you get both sides very aggressive right? front. Oh yep. yeah, Bosa does not. Same give kind a of thought about, about the other side of the ball, right? Like exactly. if they're going to be aggressive. Can you use it against them? Against them. And, the Cowboys can get to it. 
It's just sometimes they like choose not to. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. I also think you can get them with some tempo. I've seen the Cowboys do that a little bit. Make them, hey, they want to play with their hair on fire. Well, don't let them sub. Just make them yeah. play snap after snap. After, that's another way. I think it's one of those where it's the Cowboys are going to have to do, they have to understand that they, they have weaknesses in this game. I think that's the best way I could put it. They, they have weaknesses in this game. Okay, that's fine. But let's get away from them. Don't try and run your head against the wall. Don't try and run right at Bosa against Lael Collins or something of that sort. Like understand where your strengths and your weaknesses are. And I think that's what it's going to be. I think you're going to see some misdirection. They can get to them, but they just have to make sure, is that going to be play 30 or is it going to be play three? And they understand, okay, we got it here. And we just keep pounding that spam button for them. But yeah, oh, it's going to be, I know it's so fun. It's like talking about, it. I'm just picturing all the angles in the head. It's like these matchups are going to be so, so cool throughout this game. Well, even when you think about it last game, I mean, the couple big plays, a couple of the big plays that the Rams hit in that game, they picked on Dante Johnson as yep. slot corner. K1 Williams back this week. I mean, it's just every it's weakness you're trying to come up with if this Niners defense, it suddenly disappears. <laughs> it's yeah, not a weakness when you really think about it. They're playing really well. We've talked about it before on this show. Chris Kasurik, the Niners defensive line coach, is one of like the five best position coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Like, when you watch them play as a unit, it's amazing to watch. Now that they're all healthy and now they've got a full stable of guys, it's truly something to watch the uniform effort that that group of players plays with. It's a mindset. And totally. It's like that's, it, and it's, I mean, just watch Arden Key played with the Raiders under Marinelli and he, he was fine. He was a solid player. And then he gets here and it's like upgrade. Like, it's like, what? Well, Marinelli coaches guys hard. Like I've seen him in action. Like he is not like an easy coach to play for. I mean, in a good way. And it's just, yeah, they just have found what works for them. They're just like, Hey, we're just going to be a bunch of ass kickers. And we're going to play like, we're going to just clothesline people like that's what I mean, watching their watching like Nick Bosa sometimes is so funny because he's so athletic. But then all of a sudden you see him getting chipped and it's like he takes out three guys with him. And then you the just see the guy he plays with is unlike any other top end edge <laughs> rusher in the league, in my opinion. It's hilarious. He's not some he's bendy, but not like a he's bending in a different way. I know it's just it's just such a funny flavor, I guess, that they have or funny mindset that they have. But yeah, I mean, you watch this team. It's it's palpable. <laughs> it's like their aggression they play with. You can like taste it as you're watching the film. I I've, I've joked about it, and I, I've said it's like the it's the Chris Kasurik career rehabilitation program is just going to the Niners on a one year deal when you're looking for a contract. Arden Key first three years in the league, three combined sacks. This year, six and a half. Twenty five years old. Contract time. <laughs> if I were looking for a deal and I was in that position, would I would go sign with the Niners for a million bucks. Yeah, that's, that's what I would year. do. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're part of a rotation. You're going to have the best year of your entire career. Kerry Hyder did it last year. It's It happens yep. every single year. It's wild. It really is. And, and that's the thing. It's like, why why wouldn't you? Because then you just go, hey, it's it's he's the uh, the amplifier, the uh, you know a- amplifying effect. It's like, okay, it's like plus 60%. Like you play in a, a card game or something like that. Like you play, you, you, you play under him. Okay, I'm going to get boosted and then I get my money. And it's like, okay, good. It's a super contract year. All right, X Factor. Who you got? Mari Cooper is my X Factor. And I think just for the reasons I stated, I almost went Eric Armstead as, as another one, but I, I went with Mari Cooper here. Just the things we said, the, the Cowboys are going to have to win on the outside. That is the weakness. The NFL is a matchup league. Mostly we talk about up, up front or a quarterback versus a, a coach or something of that sort, but it's 
or a receiver versus a corner in this case, but it's a matchup league. Amari Cooper should, should have a huge advantage against the 49ers corners on the outside. He should be able to line out, out line outside. They're having Cedric Wilson playing the inside now. They have CeeDee Lamb playing more outside. So they kind of tweaked where these guys are all going. Coop is the Z. And if he's going to win, it's got to be a good Coop game. He can't have the drops. He can't have the short routes. He can't have the routes where he kind of stops running when he's on the deep the deep ball and stuff. If he has a big game here, it's a great Cowboys game then. That means they are attacking where they should be attacking, which I think is going to be on the outside. But Coop's got to have a big game for them because that's an advantage that I think that they have against this 49ers defense that's playing really well. Minus Ambry Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Puzzle pieces. Yeah. Same, uh, right? Exact same reasons, right? If he can come up with a couple PBUs down the field, if they if the Cowboys cannot take advantage of those shots that might be available to them, they're going to play an underneath game. I think the yeah. Niners already have the upper hand. This yep. is a weird thing to say. This Amari Cooper postseason, I don't, I don't want to read too much into a game or two. I think Amari Cooper kind of explains the Cowboys. And here's what I mean when I say that. When we think about this Cowboys team offensively, we think, oh, they're so talented. Look at all this star power they have. Look at all this firepower that they have. He hasn't been that all year. He hasn't been a $20 million receiver at times this year. And I think it kind of explains this disconnect we have of what the Cowboys offense is in our minds talent wise and what they've been like in practice at times. So you saying that and having him be our X factor, I think is particularly poignant because I think in a lot of ways, his season explains the Cowboys season. And that's why I wanted to mention good coop game or bad coop game. It's cause it's, that's what he is. It's like, that is such a good way to put it though. That is exactly what it is. That's what the whole team feels like. Because when it's clicking, there's no one better. And I'll, I'll straight up say that. There's no offense that's more beautiful to watch than when this Cowboys offense puts together a seven-play, 80-yard drive where they hit a play action, a drop back, two run games, a naked, and then a shot play, a, a, like a double move for a touchdown. And it's just like, holy shit, what just happened? But then it's, that's why I, I talk about the Cowboys so much because they're so frustrating sometimes. And that's what Amari Cooper is. It's He has these beautiful, amazing plays. You're like, wow, look at that yard after catch. He catches a slant split two guys and takes it to the house. And then you have another where he drops a ball that hits him right in the chest. And it's just like, what was that? And that's Cowboys sometimes. What was that? <laughs> All right. Last game here. Steelers at Chiefs. Let's do this. Okay. Build me a way the Steelers win this game. I don't think we have to go both sides of the ball. I don't think we have to dig into all of that. They're two touchdown underdog in this game. So uh-huh. build me a way that the Steelers win this game. We just saw it. We just saw the Steelers or the Chiefs beat the brakes off them a couple weeks ago. Why is this going to be different? Is this because I picked them in the the, <laughs> the big segment with Shield? Um, they create pressure with TJ Watt. It's it's coming down to TJ Watt's health and and him and they get just that he abuses the right tackle, abuses Wiley for every passing down, and he just runs by him. He blows him up. Um, they're able to run the ball against consistently against this Chiefs defense. That is a weakness. No matter what how good Spags' teams have been over the years. That's always been a weakness for them because they are an aggressive team. They like to bring pressures. They can get gapped gapped out. They can have the weaknesses against that. It just goes their way. So I think they just remember that those RPOs, we can drop the PO. It's just a run play for the Steelers. They just, hey, Big Ben, don't fuck it up. And we just hand the ball off to Najee Harris if he's healthy. I know he has an elbow, but they hand it to him 32 times. And then they find just enough in the passing game. They keep it a ugly schlock fest. And that is just the only way that they can win this game is muck it up. 
muck it up. Let's and then have TJ Watt win. And I think that's the that's their path to victory. And it feels like similar to what we watched with the Bengals. You need to when you hit take your shots, you need a pass interference. You need to take advantage of how sticky they're going to try to play on the outside. Like that, yeah. it just feels like you need to burn them. If it's a gas or be gash sort of style that the Chiefs are going to play, you need to gash them once or twice. You need those field flipping it. plays every once in a while to go in your favor. When you I went back and you watched that game that they just played, what lessons do you feel like the Steelers defense needed to learn from the way they played the first time? Oh, man. <laughs> it wasn't really like they're getting challenged. Uh, but that, the, the, the defensive-wise... God, it's more like the other games have really taught them lessons. Um, tackle, freaking tackle. If, if they're they're going to run RPOs, Big Ben's going to have his way. They're going to run the RPOs, even though he said like we don't believe in us, and uh, he's trying to all that stuff. I I, I love the angle, Ben. I, I really do. It's I, I just love that he just ups the game. But it, it's actually, hey, remember that's playoffs time. It, it's not where we can just hey, we're already in the playoffs. We don't really have to try and tackle this guy yards after the catch because that's what RPOs we're supposed to create with all those slants and the quick outs and all that the screens on the outside is you're punishing guys that can't tackle in space. So I think for the chiefs, it's just going play the fundamentals. Basically they're going to make you play your fundamentals, whether it's running the ball or whether it's defending RPOs. So I think it's just play within yourselves. Don't try to do too much. I think that's the number one thing for this defense. Anything else, any other things you feel like they need to tap into? Oh man. No, just Najee Harris. That's really my biggest note is hopefully he's healthy because he could be a huge mismatch against the run. I mean, honestly, that's the one advantage that they can find if they commit to it. But it's just it's tough. It's just tough when you have ben, Big Ben as your quarterback. It's just it's it's not the ways that you can attack them that you think. <laughs> and then on the flip side, I just, you know, it's it's suicide to blitz Mahomes. So just be patient on defense. If you're playing the Steelers defense, it's almost you want to play the Josh Allen defense from week one. He can find the the pressures, the simulated pressures, better than Allen can. Talk about Mahomes, but I think it's suicide to try and pressure him. So you just hope that TJ Watt wins, you know, every single passing snap. All right, that's about it. <laughs> all right, that's all we got. We already going almost an hour here, which is plenty for our second podcast of the day. So just a reminder, guys, we will be back on Saturday night into Sunday, recapping the Saturday games. Also, please listen to the football GM on Saturday. We got a lot of stuff coming to you guys. It's playoff time. It's playoff time. Sickness, no sickness, doesn't matter. We, we are here to push here through because it is that time of year. Sincerely appreciate you guys listening. If you have not, please go check out the Saturday preview that we did. We will be previewing the Rams Cardinals game on one of our shows this weekend. So be on the lookout for that. Still have plenty of time until that game. We'll have plenty of time to chew on that, dig into it. Really appreciate you guys listening. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. I am going to go take a nap. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.